By the time when I became a devotee of Krishna, I had uh, a number of years of graduate school in religious studies uh, under my belt. And um, I did a weird thing for a graduate student. I went native. That's a whole other story. I went myself in the religion department when that happened. But... Uh, because, you know, in those days, none of us ever wore, tra- you know, once you were a devotee, you didn't wear, you know, carnal clothes at all. So I showed up in the religion as a teaching assistant. <laughs> but that's another story. But I, it was very interesting to me, uh, uh, this kind of perspective on the Krishna consciousness movement, because because I began to, to realize that that in the Krishna consciousness movement I was seeing something that was like pretty pretty you know just from a objective historical point of view pretty far out because here I was seeing a a, a religious tradition that you know was Bengali Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the, the particular kind of Vaishnavism from a certain place in India, leaving its natal culture, its cradle culture, where it grew up and more, and in, into a, a, a bigger, wider world. And I thought, wow, the last time that I know this happened was with Christianity. Um, where, where here it was a, a, a you know, it was a, a religion in in, in, in in Israel. It was Judaism, really. You know, Christianity is described as Judaism for going. <laughs> <laughs> and that that, that, that that Christianity left left this place. It got started. Went into a a, a, a wider world. You know, that's because because it was it was kind of the begin it was a kind of globalism there, you know, because because the the uh, 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 nobody spoke Hebrew, and in fact, a lot of Jews didn't know Hebrew because you know they were out in what's now Egypt, and they were all speaking Greek. That was the Greek part of the Greek speaking part of the Roman Empire, and. You know, what we have is the Old Testament is really was done by rabbis translating Hebrew into Greek so that the Jews could understand it, you know. So it's like this this moving into a, a, a di- different culture. And I said, so we're seeing, a, you know, it's, it, it, it's happening again. But this is, this is, this is uh, coming about. And as, as I thought about more and more what's going on in the world, uh, people are now all the time talk about globalism, but globalism has been happening again in the modern world. I mean, the Roman Empire was a kind of global thing, uh, 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 and there was a whole lot more globalism back then than anybody recognizes now. But 
But, you know, really what we, modern globalism really started about the, you know, 15th century. I mean, at Lord Chaitanya's time, Vasco da Gama was anchored off the coast of India, you know. I mean, it all happened. Uh, uh, anyway, so, so uh, we, we, uh, when Prabhupada came, uh, to America, that that's part of it, you know, because because you, when you had a British Empire, you already had globalism there, and these empires were there a long time ago. You, we may have those of us who had to study American history remember the before there was an American Revolution, there was the French and Indian War, what they call we call them the French and Indian War, where George Washington got his first combat experience in Western Pennsylvania, you know. But that French and Indian War uh, was really a British-French global war. There was also being fought on the coast of India. There was a big sea battle, you know. Uh, So so this has been going on for for quite a long time. And and then when you you saw uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who was really the, the first person to really you know, preach Krishna consciousness in England. He was a he was a, a British civil servant. He, he was not British by birth, but he was working in the colonial administrative government of the British Empire in, in a city of Calcutta. Uh, it was for a long time, up until I think 1911, that that uh, that it was the the headquarters of the whole British Raj. They moved it to Delhi. Uh, later, but you know, so it was a global city. When Bhaktivinoda Thakur was writing journals, that's what was going on in London. That you know, in London, people were sitting in coffee houses all the time, uh, writing journals, and everybody was reading and spreading ideas. You know, it was like a typical. That was the 19th century thing. You know, so so. So our, our movement, this Krishna consciousness movement, is, is, should be seen in that context. The reason Prabhupada could come to America was part of that context. Prabhupada came to America, by, by the way, you know, the first time I saw Prabhupada uh, uh, was before he started the Krishna consciousness movement. You know, when he first came, he was in Butler, Pennsylvania, and, and then on, uh, uh, in, 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 uh, on his way to New York from Butler, Pennsylvania, he got a little climatized there, and he had a, that was his entry into America there legally, was Butler, Pennsylvania. Um, he, he met some professors there. Uh, uh, and there was a famous Indologist at the University of Pennsylvania and there was a range for Prabhupada to speak in his class what was his name? I flew out of my head this Indologist he was a very big scholar they had a a Southeast Asian Studies department at Penn that was was. so I saw Prabhupada there while in my, my, my senior year uh, and uh, must have been October uh, of uh, 
and, and, and I saw a, a very rare sight, uh, an Indian monk. You didn't see very many Indians even, and you didn't certainly see monks. And I, I sitting up in the little library looking out over the, there's uh, you know, Statue of Benjamin Franklin, the alleged founder of the university, and uh, you know, I saw, and that, that was, that was Prabhupada. I realized later when I found out his actual schedule, because I went back, uh, Sadamani and I had just gotten married in, 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 uh, in the beginning of September. Between our junior and senior year, it was such a quaint old-fashioned thing to do. The dean of women had us for dinner, but <laughs> it wasn't because I was pious; because she was. The 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 uh, uh, I was all excited. I saw I saw this this Indian monk. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. He looked so clean, so pure. I want to be just like him. Really, that was my that was my reaction. To that, that that that, that Prabhupada was, was 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 here, uh, and then he went to New York. And uh, there are very few Indians in those days in America because that was the same year the immigration laws changed, and then Indian people started to come to America in India. Our our initial uh, place that Krishna consciousness took up was a, the counterculture of the 60s. And, and that was, you couldn't preach to anybody over 30, we thought. <laughs> they were not interested, you know. We were, the, we were the far, you know, the hippies were far out. I mean, to see a guy with long hair, you know, was like you know, very transgressive in those days. And of course, all, all the, you know, the real American thing was to have fairly short hair. Suddenly, it was long hair. And then you had the Hare Krishnas, very short hair, and then this long. <laughs> in the early days, by the way, in ISKCON, people, wanted, you, people didn't know you were supposed to not a seeker. And. and these people wanted to have long, long, see people had, it was all shaven and then the long part went down to your waist if possible. Even too many changes. Uh, so we were, we were very far out, you know, I mean, we were, people joined us for, you sort of had, it was a two-step process, you dropped out of the main culture into the counterculture, and then you dropped out of the counterculture into the Hare Krishna, and then you became more straight than the straight people. <laughs> and it's amazing that Prabhupada came at the right time, you know? But he, he was continuing something that started long before. The Bhakti Vinotak were starting to write in English writing a journal, keeping a journal, sending these Bengali journals, writing something in English. He could think of himself sitting in Calcutta as part of a bigger cultural enterprise. Uh, and, and so that, that, that was formed. And, and then Bhakti, Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur took his major journal, the Sajana Toshini, which was Bengali language journal, and that was going out, and I guess they weren't coffee shops in Calcutta, they were tea shops, <laughs> but anyway, it was, 
they were going out to the, you know, uh, intelligentsia uh, of Bengal, who was uh, uh, world citizens in many ways, and uh, that's who he was he was preaching to. Bhakti Siddhanta took his flagship journal and turned it into the English language harmonist. No, to, to do this, uh, and, and because he. His aim was almost from the very beginning to go to the West. That was the next step. That that that, that he was going to, he was going to do this. And, and when I started, I really appreciated this when I started to research this founder Acharya book uh, to find out. Uh, well, here's this phrase founder Acharya. Where did it come from? And I couldn't find it. It, 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 it was it was it was not not uh, I, I, I thought it was Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Thakur's title but he never had that title and I thought well that is weird where did it come from and then I found out it, when I looked at the English language literature that Bhakti Siddhanta had produced. First was the harmonist, and that's where I discovered he didn't have that title. He was the he was the Acharya. He was called the president. When they finally had a hyphenated thing, it was President Acharya, President of the Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha, Acharya of all the Vaishnavas is the way they thought of it, you know. But didn't have the title found Acharya. But in the other book, English language book that Bhakti Siddhanta produced to take to the West. So you say, here's the model for Prabhupada right away. First of all, a journal, magazine, you know, back to Godhead was, you know, fed. And then, so he would, they, he started to prepare people to go to the West. So their idea was, we're going to really put, you know, this is such, Krishna consciousness is such a high cultural level, the people that will be able to appreciate it are the most educated, sophisticated people. So Bhakti Siddhanta's right-hand man for English language preaching, Nishikant Sanyal, who, who was a professor of history at Ravenshaw College. An Indian college has a name like Ravenshaw, why? Because there's a, you know, an Englishman named Ravenshaw. <laughs> Who, who's founded this college and it was an English medium college. It was in Orissa at Kutta. And he became Bhakti Siddhartha's right-hand man for English language preaching and writing. Prabhupada actually refers to him as the editor of the Harmonist. Bhakti Siddhartha actually was always listed as the editor and refers to as the editor. But Nishikan Senyal then wrote this was writing a book you know, that is Sri Krishna Chaitanya which which we managed to get a real original copy of and uh, that was amazing to me it was printed in Madras uh, it, they, they, they waited to leave to England the three preachers that went to England they had that book in their hands uh, and you saw what went into that book first of all there was not a typo anywhere I mean, they were being very careful. They knew they were going to be, you know, they were like, no typos. First class paper, I mean, it's printed in Madras in, you know, 1932 or something, you know. 
first-class paper. The original binding was still on the book. We got it from a university library, original copy. I tried to get it from India, but they had edited it, so I, you know, so I got, we got the original one. Uh, and very sophisticated writing. I mean, really not easy to read. Again, they were looking for a high-class language, high-class audience. And that's where the term founder of charge is used with a hyphen. That weird English Sanskrit hyphenated compound for the four Sampradayas, Acharya, Madhvacharya, Ramanujacharya, Nimbarka, Vishnu Swami. These were the founder Acharyas. And then I was shocked. Wow, Prabhupada, Bhaktisiddhanta didn't have that title. Prabhupada took it. What's going on? You know, it's like a real, real mystery to me. You know, how can he do that? And then, as I read the journal, uh, I found out that two times articles written by Nishishkant Sanyal, you can tell by the style that they were editorial force. Even as no, there was no name on it. But twice, Bhakti Siddhanta is referred to as the founder of Charya. And my conclusion was that title was being prepared for him. And he was planning to go to in, the, 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 the preachers left in 1933 for England. They, they had money for land uh, or for a temple uh, in, in London. The Maharaja of, of, of uh, Tripura, the Maharaja Tripura was going to give them money. They were going to start a temple in England. They needed to have a big temple. They had a you know formidable book, uh, and and, and uh, uh, my conclusion was, Nishikant Sanyal was preparing that title for Bhaktisiddhanta because because um, because you know titles in the Gaudiya Mat were not casual. In Prabhupada's title uh, of Bhaktivedanta was awarded to him as a ceremony. But he gave all kinds of titles. Nishikant Sanyal had a title, Bhakti Sudhakar, that was given to him by Bhakti Siddhanta at a ceremony. Every year they had a ceremony where they awarded people's titles. So the, this was this was the culture. This, this was the culture. So we have Nishikant Sanyal two places, thirty three and then the thirty six refers to Bhakti Siddhanta as founder Acharya. My conclusion was that his plan was to go to England when there was a temple there. That was his plan. People were asking about when are you going to go to the West. And at that point, he wouldn't have just taken the title. There would have been a ceremony and they would have offered it to him. Just like when Prabhupada, when he took the, the title Prabhupada, uh, he didn't say, call me that. Waited until somebody asked him. They were calling him Swamiji. Uh, Can we call you something else? Because he happened to mention that Swamiji is a kind of a second-class form of dress. And then, then Govinda Devi said, Can we call you Prabhupada? He said, you have a spiritual master is Prabhupada or Acharya Pad or Acharya Dave, rather, you know. Can we call you Prabhupada? All right. You know, he at least followed that much of the, of the etiquette. 
Anyway, this was this was the preparation. Of course, when Prabhupada came, he was had the same expectation. You saw his books. You've seen the originals. Bad paper, bad binding. He was the sole writer, proofreader, everything. You know, but he did it because he was told to do it. His first and last instructions. And, and, and you saw what difficult Prabhupada came. The Gaudiya Mat would have turned their backs on the people that came. In fact, they did. Later on, they accused him of being able to preach to only drug-addicted hippies. You know, I had this one experience with Prabhupada. Maybe you've heard this story. One night in one of our early pilgrimages, came. I was in a room with about eight or twelve temple presidents with bunk beds. Prabhupada wants to see you. It was late at night. I couldn't imagine why. I, I put on a dhoti. He's got his dress for bed already, you know. Went across the darkened room. Probably was on the second floor of their conch, uh, uh, the uh, Lotus building where we, we, he had his office, his room. It's still Prabhupada's room. It's still the same way he was sitting. I come in the room. He's behind his desk. And I can see I recognize one or two of the... Uh, there was two, two or three men, I can't remember, it was more than one, I think, three, talking to him. I offer obeisances, Prabhupada beckons me over to him, sit on my, on my knees in front of the desk, and yes, Srila Prabhupada. He says to me, so, what are you writing your doctor dissertation on? And I thought, what is he want to write for? <laughs> Two of his, like, seemed to be sannyasi godbrothers. And I said, which was my idea, I want to discuss the, the historical, economic, political, social, and spiritual necessity of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada said, ah, all around necessity. Yes, you Prabhupada. Very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I left and I said, what was that about? You know? And then I got back to the room, what did Prabhupada watch? You know, these guys are waiting for me to come back. What did Prabhupada watch? And I told them what they were asking. And he said, why do you want to know that? I said, I have no idea. You know, I was just mystified. And it only became clear years, a few years later when I realized there was this accusation about against Srila Prabhupada from his godbrothers that he only made drug-addicted hippies disciples. So what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? You know? Thinking that you couldn't be working on a doctoral dissertation while at the same time being a trustee. Some, some people managed to pull it off. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that, that was uh, Prabhupada's had gone to the West it wasn't being supported. He wasn't getting any help from his god brothers. They were fighting among themselves, more jealous of each other than they were to work together, not able to work together. And yet he did it. He pulled it off. And came to the West. Uh, Bhakti Siddhartha, you know, I mean, when I, when I, when I studied for that book, writing this book and reading the harmonist, I got a feeling of what the Gaudiya Mat was like 
while it was healthy. You know, I mean, they're so full of enthusiasm, concentrated effort, going to the West. They got them off. They launched people in 1933. Bhakti Siddhartha passed away in, in 36, but things were falling apart. There was already uh, uh, a split uh, among the leadership, and, uh, and there was uh, contention. And Bhakti Siddhartha were doing everything to try to try to keep it uh, keep it together. And when he left, it it, it, it didn't fracture. It it, it, it it split. And I can I can understand Prabhupada's shock because what it was like when it was healthy uh, was was a, was amazing. They had gone that far. Now Krishna's in charge of timing. In 1933, the year they went. The beginning of 1933, Hitler was appointed Chancellor of Germany, and by the end of the year, the Reichstag gave him dictatorial power. So all hell was about to break loose. Pause everything for World War, you know, World War II, and a huge death rate, and something like that, you know, and suddenly recovered. So I used to think, wow, Prophet had come ten years earlier, you know. He came at the right time. He was always saying, you know, my Prabhupada, please said, Prabhupada, I mean, my spiritual master, told me when I was a young man, this is, this is Prabhupada's own, he said this in a lecture, my spiritual master told me when I was a young man to preach in English, but I was so entangled in householder life, I couldn't do anything until my old age. And now I've been able to do a little bit to satisfy my spiritual master. And now you're helping me so I can do something, so I have to thank you. I mean, this is Prabhupada's genuine feelings. You know, but, but as Krishna is in charge of timing, and Prabhupada came at the right time. And it was, he was very, very difficult because he had to work all alone. He had opposition. When he wanted land in Mayapur, he had God brothers were trying to stop him. You know, I mean that was that was going on. And, and you know, Prabhupada was in your face when he took that title. Prabhupada, you know, flipped out his God brothers, but he knew what he was doing. He had actually carried on. You, you his pronoun mantra is the giveaway. Saraswata. He's the Saraswata. He's the disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta. You know, that's what he's doing. He's carrying on that mission. He picked up where his spiritual master left off and carried it on. So that's our mission. We should have... Prabhupada said in one lecture, I'm an old man and any minute I can die. Uh, uh, so I, I want that you should carry this mission on. To some extent, he said, you have understood this Krishna consciousness, he said. So now you should carry this on. And then he said, you should have some feeling for suffering humanity. That's the point. People are suffering. And what are they suffering from if you start to diagnose all their problems? Uh, they keep trying to, you know, is it the Republicans that are causing it, the Democrats, <laughs> is it the economy that's causing this suffering, is it the terrorists that are causing it, is it this, is it that, is it this, is it sexism, is it racism? No, they get to the root of the problem. 
what it is like a Krishna consciousness. That is the root of the karma. Absolutely certain about that. Here in our Krishna consciousness movement, we're together because we are uh, we don't care male, female, black, white, interested in Krishna consciousness, we give it. We cultivate it. If globalism is going to go on, we're going to come back to that, right? We, globalism is continuing. I, I see our whole Krishna consciousness movement in the context of globalism. Our, our movement is spreading bigger in Russia than it is in America right now. Uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, I, when I went to Ger- back to Germany, you got this, I went to the Cologne Temple. I was a GBC there for years. They had a huge Sunday feast, but they were all Russians. <laughs> they even did the Sunday play in Russian. Because <laughs> so many Russians, you know, it's a difficult life. They're coming, they're coming into Germany. Germany, Germans are not reproducing. They have to have immigrants. People are smart, know that. Harder for Germany to have immigrants because you know they're one people, like German people, den Deutschen folk. To the German people, it says on the top of the Reichstag, they're one people. So they, you know, America starts out by immigrants practically. You know, we're all strangers here, but Germany, you know, but they know they need people to come. So, so. This Krishna consciousness movement is, is, if we are ever to become, and you read the very first forward that Prabhupada wrote to his first volume, he's talking about globalism, how the whole human race can become one. This has to be the basis where people can understand, you know, I am not the body, I am the spirit, soul. Uh, And Prabhupada's vision... The, the reason Krishna consciousness is weird, many people are thinking our problem is we're behind, you know, a thousand years. We're ahead <laughs> by at least 200. If you think, if you look at the problems the world has faced, created by technology of global warming, and the real solution to have something that's actual sustainable, it means that you're going to have food production and energy production as local as possible. That's us. That means, you know, you, if you look at, you know, plowing with, with cat, cat, uh, oxen, if you, it, 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 it's really the latest thing. It, that we're going to have to go in that direction. Because this industrial civilization has been done without respect for the earth, without respect for the other prajas. You know, when Prabhupada first read Bhagavatam, he talked about how the word, the king has to protect the citizens, and the word praja means every living being. Everyone is a citizen. Talking about cow protection in particular, but all, all, all the citizens are all the living beings in the country, not just the humans. And I thought, wow, this means that animals have civil rights. We're having a hard time giving it to all the human beings. Well, you got to, you know, they have rights. 
And that's what, and this, this, I'm reading this in the, it's in the early 70s. Wow, that's like, that's like way ahead of it. So we are ahead. And, and, and we, we need to, to foster this Krishna consciousness, keep it alive, and the opportunities will come. It, it, you know, it'll grow and it won't be steady, maybe. You know, it'll be spurts like that. It'll have to, different things are happening. But we have to be, our, our mission should be twofold. Become Krishna conscious ourselves. Because you can't give him what you haven't got. He's given us everything. We know how to do it. Increase our own Krishna consciousness and give it to others. That, that's, our, that's what Srila Prabhupada did. And, and to me, the, the Prabhupada's mercy is shown by the trouble he took. Uh, uh, I had an interesting experience. Uh, uh, it took me a while to figure out about chanting Japa. Uh, when I first came to the temple, Japa was some, something you had to sort of go through uh, to get to the day so you could go out and preach. You know, just something to get over with. You know, it was hard, difficult. And, and we, we said the Shishastika prayers in English translation that Prabhupada gave us. But the purport was, now go out and distribute books. Go out on Harina. Go out and do this. And you know, a Bhagavatam class all had the same purport, too. Get out and distribute those books. I used to get into Bhagavatam. Wow, look at this. I get, people say, you know, yeah, the Philadelphia Temple, you know, I don't do much good book, book distribution, but it's a good Bhagavatam class. Because <laughs> I'd read the Bhagavatam, and it's amazing. And I thought, wow, you know, you should get into this book, and, you know, that's how you distribute books. This is a far-out book. Yeah. But what people wanted for a bottle tub class was like what, what a coach does in a locker room before a football game. <laughs> you know, that was the kind of mode of presentation that the fired them up to. Anyway, so that I had a different approach. <laughs> but, 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 but so, so Japa was not like, it was just something you, you, you had to go through. And, and uh, but uh, I got the idea somewhere that really, you know, for Java, it's meditation and you should pay attention. And when I started really doing that, uh, I found out that, that uh, when I chanted Java well, I would feel a kind of mental distress. That's what I would feel. And I could, you know, it was hard to keep my mind because I felt uncomfortable. And, and I thought, wow, what is that? You know, why do I feel uncomfortable? Like, why do I feel distressed when I chant Japa? And I figured, well, okay, you know, we're supposed to, it was clear we're supposed to pay attention. It's meditation on the Holy Name, fixed our mind to the Lord. I figured that out. I'll just put up with it and see what happens. I just didn't do it. So I did this. Maybe one week, you know, I just forced my mind and I ignored the distress. And then one day it got really, really bad and it broke out. And it was like this fountain of overwhelming grief that filled me up. 
And then I thought I was really in trouble. Because, well, then, but I knew right away what it was. It wasn't like just unfocused grief. It was grief that I had turned away from Krishna and come to the material world. And that Krishna was flawless and faultless and wonderful. And the act of turning away was hideous. It was just out of sheer spite or envy or something like that. You know? And I really felt horrible. Uh, and that was the source of this grief. Now see, our motto was chant and be happy. <laughs> no one said chant and feel grief. <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody about it. I thought like I was a demon who somehow or other had gotten into the Krishna consciousness. I didn't even tell my wife. I was so embarrassed. You know, I didn't tell anybody. Uh, uh, and then, you know, I just, okay, that's what I am. That's, I feel, I'll, I'll just keep chanting. You know? Uh, uh, and uh, then my, my next thing that I understood was that, that I felt I had turned away from Krishna and that was an unforgivable crime, which is true, actually. I mean, it's a fact. <laughs> Come to the material world. I, I, I've done that. But why was I feeling this? I'm Because I'm chanting Hare Krishna. Why am I able to chant Hare Krishna? Because Prabhupada went through such trouble to come here. That meant Krishna didn't turn away from me. If I was here and I was in the United States of America to get away from Krishna, <laughs> he hadn't turned away from me. And then I felt this incredible gratitude for that fact. He, because he had every reason to say, yeah, go ahead and be an American, you know? <laughs> but, but, so Prabhupada had come, and so I understood, when I understood the trouble that Srila Prabhupada took, how much care Krishna had for me. You know, so that, that was my, my experience. A, a number of years later, it was the year 2000, uh, I was a GBC chairman that year and I knew we were going to have a bad year. I tried to get the whole GBC to come to Vrindavan and just together do a Kartika Bhakta. Well, everybody had other plans, and, you know, so it would have been a smooth move, believe me. I mean, just politically it would have been dynamite, but anyway, I couldn't convince them. Uh, but I did it. I said, okay, I'm the chairman. I'll go over there. And all of a sudden, you know, boom, all arrangements were there. You know, we had a great place to stay, and great facility, great support. And I was going to, first time in my life, I'd do, do the Kartika Vrat, the 64 rounds a day and stuff like that. And, and uh, so I noticed that, you know, we had this one translation of, uh, of the Shishastika prayers that Prabhupada had given us early on. I was looking at Chaitanya Charitamrita and I realized Prabhupada had translated it all over again and nobody was paying attention to it or celebrating you know, saying this, this new translation in, in, in our temples 
And then I started to read, uh, when, I, when I was reading that, and the first time I read Chaitanya Charitamrita, I didn't even notice it. This time I noticed that what, and it's interesting what you notice and what you don't notice. <laughs> I noticed that, that it tells what Lord Chaitanya is feeling when he, when he recites the Shishastika prayers. And the second one, Nam Namakari Bahuta, you have given so many names. Uh, and you place all your spiritual energies in those names. This is your mercy. Mama Durdaiva, my misfortune is that still I have no taste for chanting. Yihaj, I mean, there is no anuraga, there is no taste. That's my Durdaiva, my misfortune. your mercy, my misfortune. And then I look and see, it says what Lord Chaitanya, when he said this verse, was feeling. It was grief. It was dainya, humility, and vishada, grief. And I thought, my God, it's bona fide. <laughs> and the grief and the humility increases as he goes on, you know. The humility especially gets deeper and deeper and deeper, you know. Uh, so the, every problem is given. <laughs> we just pay attention. We just do the basics in Krishna consciousness. So our, our, our vow should be our commitment to Srila Prabhupada, the commitment to me, my commitment to Prabhupada, is to increase our Krishna consciousness. It, the, uh, the other thing I've discovered is, you know, okay, that we have given this idea of pure devotee. It's been driven into our, this is what we should become. Uh, and we may fall, we realize we fall short in so many ways. Okay, that's just our condition. We should be frank. You know, Mama Durdaiva, okay. Dig it, I'm a fallen soul. I'm not what I should be. Here's my ideal, here's my actual. Don't try to hide it from ourselves or from others. You know, Don't, don't try to compensate a lot of things we do in our movement is to compensate. It's easier to, to advance institutionally sometimes than to advance spiritually. And sometimes that's a substitute. It's easier to collect money or give big donations than it is. I guess how cathedrals get built. Guilt. <laughs> it's all guilt money. You know. And art... <laughs> Not that I'm against the donation, but <laughs> this is what you know. Uh, we 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 should wherever we are, we should be sincere. Whatever it is, whatever place we are, we should be sincerely trying to get better. Be honest with ourselves. The essential characteristic, Prabhupada writes, quoting Bhakti Siddhanta, of a devotee is Sharlati. Charlotte, simplicity, the absence of duplicity. And, and you can start, because it may look, if you look between where I am now and what's a, a pure devotee, that's another thing. But what I, I do know 
if you, we're willing to strive to get to that position, to become free from our sins and offenses, we know the next step. And if you don't know the next step, if you ask Krishna to tell you the next step, he'll let you know. Take it. It's like, it's like what the, the Alcoholics Anonymous, one step at a time, day at a time. You know, it's, it's like one step at a time. The whole thing looks too formidable. But Krishna is, wants us very badly to make advancement. Take that next step. And then you'll find all facility shows up to do it. And take the next step and the next step. So really, that's that's that, that that's that's my request. That's our service to Srila Prabhupada. The world, you may notice. Uh, I want to do a podcast. Uh, the title: The Myth of Progress. That is the big myth that everyone believes in. You know, the the standard of advancement is the standard of the mode of passion. Read in Prabhupada's purport to Bhagavad Gita. The result, what does the Bhagavad Gita say is the result of the mode of passion? Is misery. That's coming. That's our progress, because our progress is based on the standard of the mode of passion. And when misery comes, people go to the mode of ignorance. Shoot up, whatever, you know. And you can understand that. Uh, that's all they've got. They, but the real happiness is the result of the mode of goodness. That then when the mode of goodness is happiness. That's where it comes from. So they don't know the standard of advancement. We have to set an example uh, of this changing hippies into happies. <laughs> uh, uh, hippies was a sort of a veering off into what's mode of ignorance really but you know, we have to we have we have we have to take show people that there's another way of living and that actually makes one one happy uh, and we will need a core group of people to do that because the world is really going to need us it's going to need it very very badly uh, and uh, we have the answers, not only for ourselves, but for everybody else. And we're we're weird because we're way in the future. People don't, don't recognize the, the future when they, uh, they, they see it. I, I'm convinced of that. And more and more the things in Krishna consciousness that don't seem to make sense will make sense. That's been my experience so far. There's still a lot that doesn't make sense, uh, including you know the Temple of the Vedic Planetarium parts of it. It's not the world that we think we know, but anyway, we're working on that too. Okay, I've got a little over time. Uh, thank you all very much for coming, and very nice to see you all here today. And I hope we can continue in this way. And uh, please, we want to do service to me. Just. A little increase, less passion, less ignorance, more goodness, more Krishna consciousness added. Uh, biggest dose you can take, swallow that dose and out the dose. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada.
Yeah. Yeah.